Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, here bringing you stories from the LAFC community, match by match, fan by fan, story by story. Uh, We are fortunate enough today to be on location here at the Breezy Center in order to interview the Youth Leadership Program for LAFC. Straight from the heart of LA slash Koreatown, we have Anthony Cummings, the former director and founder. We also have Luke O'Quinn, the director of LAFC Youth Leadership Program currently. And then we also have Danny Oliver, the South Los Angeles Program Coordinator. So welcome, guys. Thank you for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So first, why don't you tell a little bit about the facilities we're in here and what service it provides to the community. So where are we? We are at the Brzee Foundation in Koreatown. Brzee is a youth center targeting central L.A. families and youth in three main areas. We have a gang reduction youth development program, a family services program that offers English and computer classes for parents and families, provides food vouchers and bus tokens. And then we also have general youth services here. So Youth Leadership Program is part of the high school internships. We also have a media internship, Goals for Life internship, and an after-school program for middle school kids. And who is these programs eligible to? Everyone in the area or central L.A. area. So if someone lives in central L.A. and they're curious, where would we direct them to go? Direct them to the front desk at Brzee. And then from there, we can kind of decipher, you know, what are the needs and the assessment that the family is looking for? And then we can kind of coordinate and direct them to the proper program here at Brzee. Is there a website you guys want to shout out for those that are interested in participating? Yeah, they can go to brzee.org and that gives you a, a list of contacts and stipulations on what you need to fill out, that kind of stuff. So that's www.brezee.org, brzee.org. You can find them at 184 Bimini Place in Los Angeles, California, 90004. Yeah, but why don't you guys tell us about you know, how this program came about? What is Brzee's involvement from the inception and how the idea came to be? Or you know, what are the origin story of the Youth Leadership Program or YLP? A lot of questions in there. The Brzee side, it may be better if I start from my side yeah. of things and then kind of how Brzee came in. And then I think Danny can help me if I forget any element. So a little over seven years ago, I have a background in leadership development with youth. And so I've worked on college campuses and I have probably 10, 11 years of that experience. And my last employment over seven years ago was with Loyola Marymount University. And I was at a point where leaving that organization, it was, I always, the work that I was doing I was very passionate about it, but there was always something kind of nagging at me. And I loved the game of football. And I always wanted to give back to people that maybe didn't have the upbringing that I did or didn't have as much as I did. How can I make a greater impact? And so, to be honest, there was a point where a good friend of mine who plays professional football, he's in uh, the USL now, Mike LaHood. He's one of the guys that helped us get started, but he challenged me. Hey, man, why don't you just sit down one day? I'm a man of faith, so sit down with God and dream. What would you like to do if there was no money on anything? And so I did this vision board, and I did it in prayer, and I did it with God, and I put all of these things down. I would love to take my leadership background, all that I have, also this workforce development. So young folks today, do they really know how to shake hands? 
do they know how to put a resume together? Do they know how to sit in an interview and speak clearly? So all these things I started to put down, how can we do this and then incorporate the beautiful game? And so that's really where it started. And then at the time I was working, I was introduced to Brazil and it was literally just donating equipment to the soccer program here. And then also I got a chance to start doing some kind of side coaching. We took a, a group of their soccer teams and we brought them out to Torrance and they could play indoor. So they could play in their leagues out here, but they could play in another league too. And so we raised some money, me and some friends, and we raised some money, gave them some equipment. And that's really where it started. And then there were some job openings. I applied, got a job here. And so then the two just kind of molded. And so Seth Eklund, the director, and I would have conversations about, he's like, man, you got a lot of this experience in leadership development. We need to use some of that in other areas. So I started doing some things in other areas around Brazil, using some of that experience, workshops, facilitating different obstacle courses, things like that. And then it, it really evolved into, man, like I have this idea. Do you think Breezy could be the umbrella, could help sponsor it, can throw us some resources? And so that's kind of where it started. There's a lot of other little elements to it. And I, I want to make sure at some point in this, guys, there's, you know, you've heard the term it takes a village. Like there's a lot of people that I'd like to thank Not a lot, but I, I got a little list here. I got to make sure I, I just shout them out. Oh, go ahead, Anthony. Uh, you could do that now, right. Anthony. Okay. Yeah. Please, yeah. please yeah. let thank us you. know. Yeah. We'll um, make this happen. Yeah, first and foremost, yeah. like I have to thank my wife. When I started this whole thing, I took a chance because there was no money. There was just an idea, just a hope and a dream. And for eight months, I did this to proof of concept for free. And so at the time, we took a chance, both my wife and I. And I was doing work here at Brazil, so I got to just shout out to Helena Cummings, my beautiful wife, who has supported me through this crazy dream. And also to Seth Eklund, the executive director here, he took a chance on us. Tim Martin, who's a good friend of mine, also a board member here, also was a champion behind this thing the whole time. Rich Orozco, who you guys know the executive vice president of branding community at LAFC. We heard of him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> His name gets around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but Rich was a, a huge champion of this. I mean, just right by my side and the whole thing. And then Brody Seagrave, he's a detective with the Los Angeles Police Department. Cynthia Quadra, who's also a detective. Uh, I think she's sergeant now with the LAPD. Those two, same thing, just huge supporters of this, always at the events, throwing money, buying food for the kids. Tony Terry, who used to be the principal of Augustus Hawkins High School, where we originally kind of started our first recruiting of, of kids. Mike LaHood, who I hope I don't get him in trouble. He plays for another team. But he was at the, he just loves giving back through the game. He's a professional player and would just help us whenever he could. James Riley, same thing, was a former pro player. Travis Bowen, who used to go pro player as well, but also used to go to the Brazil Youth Center when he was a child or when he was a kid. He helped us get this whole thing going. And I got to thank Dunya here with Family Services. Dunya is the director of Family Services. Without her, we wouldn't we wouldn't be where we are today. And then some of the staff too, like Danny came on board in year two with me, right? Like yeah. this guy's given his heart and soul. Rado, who works with the academy, he was integral in getting this whole thing started as well. He's one of our site coordinators. Ivan Orozco, who now works at Brazil, used to be one of our site coordinators. And then 
I can't forget Bishop David O'Connell. No, he was Father David. He was Father David when we started. Yeah, he's one of the churches that we used to hold little soccer classes at. And we used to use the parking lot. And so he was like, yeah, man, come on out, we'll do it. And he would throw his name on documents or grants or things like that. So I wanted to make sure I I thanked all of them. And, and it sounds like not only did the program flourish or it's blossomed, but it sounds like some of these people that were involved early on, also their careers have progressed within the organization. Now they have bigger responsibilities, which is huge um, because it does take a village. Like you say, you know, all these kids now, not only do they have the resources, available to them because of Brazil and LAFC's uh, youth yeah. leadership program because of you know your vision yeah. all these people got involved it's incredible yeah you know, you know how it started and you know, we'll talk about how things have progressed yeah and how uh, how you guys uh, both Danny and Luke what you guys are doing currently can I tell a little story about yeah, Rich please. how I met Rich yeah, please. so Mike who I mentioned Mike LaHood Tim Martin and myself are good friends and so there was a day where we were, you know, Mike's a professional footballer. And so it was like, maybe I could help Mike start a nonprofit or something using this vehicle. And we were kind of sitting around just, you know, chewing it up and throwing things on the whiteboard. And then we also just started praying. And Tim was like, you know what? I, I got this call from this guy last week. You know what? Like, let me call him. He wants to start something. And he was used to be in the entertainment industry. Let me give him a call. And let me get back to you guys. And so that really was kind of the launching pad right there. And so he's called Rich and Rich is like, yeah, I've got this other uh, friend of mine who's an LAPD sergeant, wants to start a soccer organization. And then I had a call with Rich and then Rich, you know, Rich, man, it was like kind of like talking to a car salesman. Um, <laughs> I say that with a lot of love. <laughs> I love Rich. But it was like, man, what's, he was telling me, hey, we're gonna, Under Armour's going to sponsor Adidas. You know, we're going to go to Barcelona. And, you know, I'm like, <laughs> what? Who's this guy? No, I used to work for Entertainment Tonight. And my mind's just being blown. And so I, the one thing I said from the beginning was, guys, if we're going to do this, let's do it different. There's a million club soccer teams out there. But let's do something different. Let's, let's do something with real impact using the game. And so that's where it kind of took off. And we spent the first six months of it Really, well, four months maybe kind of developing vision, mission, key partners, reaching out to folks, applying to grants here. Once you, you had that initial conversation with LAFC, within those four to six months, like were they a part of that process? Or is that something you guys here worked internally and kind of went to show them? what you guys were doing before there was a established partnership with them. I can't. It was after Rich probably can probably tell you the year. exact years. So probably three years, almost three years. But we had already started Los Angeles Football Club Youth Leadership Academy originally. You guys see the shirt. Yeah. Luke um, is holding up the OG logo with yeah. the green and white shield. Yeah, we'll snap a picture of that before yeah. we take yeah. off and we'll post <laughs> that for you guys to see. And we really started out with, so what we try to do is duplicate a model that's being used here, which is the concept is youth go from being served to serving others. So empowering high school youth to give back to their community. And so what we did was let's, let's recruit 24 student leaders and let's give them the skills to go out into the community and into these really dangerous areas in South LA and keep kids off the street through the beautiful game. And again, we don't want to create necessarily teams and we actually did do some leagues and Danny can maybe speak on that, but we originally was, let's just get them off the street on Friday nights and then let's focus on the development of these 24 high school kids 
Let's give them some tools that they can then take into their future, into college and beyond. And so the first things we did was these large scale soccer clinics. And we would bring in guest players like Travis and Mike who were playing for other teams. And at the time, LAFC wasn't, wasn't around. Right. And so what we were really focusing on was the kids. And then, you know, we were still reaching out to the Adidas's of the world, the big organizations to say, would you help us? We're doing something different. And then the development of the youth really was, okay, you're going to organize 150 kids out here on a Friday night. That takes time management. That takes, you got to pre-plan. So all of this workforce development started to develop through that. When a guest comes up, you want them to feel welcome, right? So we need to have greeters. We need to have a check-in station. So you think of a business or a shop or whatever, we're starting to give them these skills. And that's where that concept kind of started to come up. Okay, maybe we could really go deeper with a workforce development, but still use football, right? And then LAFC came along. Rich, obviously there was an announcement through the media, but Rich had gotten a call. Forgive me if I butcher this a little bit, but... Uh, Henry Nguyen, one of the owners, his one of his like right hand guys, played soccer. Was in high school yeah, with Rich, mm-hmm. and so they were good buddies growing up. Well, they were going to buy the team, and then they're researching all the Los Angeles football clubs, right? And that's one I think one of the names they were thinking of. Um, and so they pull up our program, and then they see as one of the founders is Rich Orozco. So this guy calls Rich. He's like, hey, it's, it's Tway. Hey, Rich, what's up, man? Hey, I haven't talked to you in a while, man. What's going on? They're, and they're just kind of chit-chatting. My uh, buddy just bought the newest football club in Major League Soccer. So what? We're coming out. So Rich is like, I'm going to host you guys. So that that's where it all really started. And then there's so many like side stories. And then what I will say is, how what has made LAFC different is guys like Tom Penn, Stadium Benny. They were coming out to our Friday night clinics before there was a logo, before there were colors, and playing with our kids. Playing with little kids, playing with our youth leaders, speaking to our youth leaders. Like They were there in the beginning. Marcus would come out. Rich would come out. Henry came out. To yeah, Henry came out, speak to the kids. The whole sales team back in the day used to come out every Friday. It was part of their Friday schedule. Rich would have the whole crew come out and play with the kids. This, this is untold stories because I wasn't made aware of that ever. You know, yeah. I think sometimes when we hear a phrase like brick by brick, we start to uncover exactly what those bricks are. And mm-hmm. It's kind of one of the best things about this show for, for me personally yeah. is figuring out exactly all these things that, you know, no one was waving these accomplishments around because it was all foundational. And now looking back, uh, you know, the foundation seems so much more significant. Tom Pan was out laced in his, and laced up his boots and played and got, you know, ran around with the kids. And it, so it was really cool to see that. How did he look part. out there, by the way? Because I know he's a basketball guy. Did he look? He he got he got winded. Like he, Tom <laughs> held his own, but some of the young, younger our high school youth leaders would they they'd see a guy like that and they want to challenge him. So let me take you on, like that kind of thing. And so that was pretty funny to see him. And they just they would laugh and they'd fall down. And like I remember Stadium Benny coming out, and Benny would just get winded after like five minutes. And it was just so cool because the you know these high school soccer players just run in circles around all of us, right? But it, that's the atmosphere that we had in the beginning. And it was an introduction. There was no, hey, we're going to take that name. Um, it was just really introducing 
these executives to the community and they got to shake hands with the little ones that would come out and then our youth leaders. And by the way, we used youth leader. We wanted to say leader because we really wanted them. We wanted to address them and give them like, Hey, we want you to walk it, talk it and think it. Cause I see you as a leader. I, I don't really care what society labels you living in South central Los Angeles, South LA. You're a leader. And you're going to go out and change the world. And so that was that was on purpose to say you're a leader. We're always going to say youth leaders, youth leaders, youth leaders, youth leaders. So that's just ingrained. That's funny because we were fortunate enough to meet a graduate of the program as we were getting a tour on our way in here from Luke. And he introduced himself as one of the leaders. Yeah, um, And so, I mean, that terminology has obviously stuck. So, so funny how these things always come around mm-hmm. full circle to all the times we hear everyone talking about coaching coming from Bob, how he has to repeat the same things over so that identity sticks within the players. And here in the community, we're repeating these same things of empowerment so that the community has the same empowerment, that these tactics translate all the way from first team coaching to how we deal with children in a youth program and in our community. That to me is a pretty cool connection. Yeah. I know that Brazil and youth leadership programs here in Koreatown, but Danny, I know you're, in charge of South LA, the program coordinator, like when did that start coming into fruition? When did you start, you know, reaching out to those, those kids and bringing them part of those clinics or whatever the program entailed at that point in time? Got it. So I'll let Anthony start with the answer the first question sure. because he originated the partnership there. And then yeah. uh, we can talk about when I came on. Yeah. yeah. So there was a point like two years in, I was doing everything from the leadership training, picking up the food, designing the curriculum, reserving the facilities, filling out grant paperwork, going to different schools and handing out flyers. I was doing everything. When you're a startup, you're doing, you're right. just k- killing yourself. And so there was a point where I just came back to the Brazil folks, Seth Eklund and some of the board members and said, I need help. I, I can't, like every night I'm getting home from leadership training and my wife and I are going to, you know, Food for Less to get a bunch of like cookies and crackers and chips and waters and I'm doing this every day that's great right but at certain points you're like I still got to work on what our lesson is for tomorrow I got to call our facilitators I got to reserve the field all that stuff so there's a point where I just said I need help and so we had looked through the budget and we had looked through okay maybe we can move some stuff around and we put out a description but we also had sent out through our little advisory committee these folks that helped us mm-hmm. hey if you know anybody reach out we need someone part-time to come in that has a love for the game, has a love for the, the youth in this community. And then I'll let you tell that story about Father David. Yeah, so we've talked about it, Anthony and I and myself, Luke, that I think I was placed here by you know divine intervention, and I'll tell oh, you yeah. guys why. Uh, I was working at a school district at the time when I was just... I focused a lot on community involvement and taking kids out to do community service. So... I was on a website looking for these community organizations that we can volunteer at on a weekend uh, just to give students an opportunity to do service hours. I found this job posting under the Breezy Foundation. It was a field coordinator position at the time. I read it and I bookmarked it. I said, you know what? This looks like fits in my schedule. I might be able to take this on. Bookmarked it. Um, that same afternoon, I got a call from now Bishop uh, Father um, David and he said, hey, Danny, uh, can you come to my office later tonight? I have someone I want to introduce you and I want to talk to you about something. 
that same, uh, I told him, yeah, of course, I'll be there. Let me know what time. Uh, he, I went to uh, St. Francis Cabrini, which is uh, K through 8 Catholic Archdiocese School. And he was the priest at the time when I was there at that school. Yeah, he wasn't a bishop at that time. No, he, he was, was just, just Father David. Yeah, just Father David. And I actually, I did my first communion. I did, uh, he was the one that baptized me. I did my confirmation with him. And I've always been involved in my church community. And he knew, you know, what direction I took with my with my profession. And it was always about giving back to community and youth development. So I show up to his office later that evening. And he's like, hey, here's this guy I wanted you to meet. And he introduced me to Anthony Cummins. And Anthony was like, hey, you know what? I heard a lot about you and the work you're doing in the community. And I'd love to talk to you about this, you know, field coordinator position uh, we have over at the organization. And I just stopped. And I was like, wait. And I started to describe, is it this? Is it that? I was like, this job, this many hours, this location. And he just kind of was in awe. He was like, yeah, how do you know about it? He was like, well, let me go grab my laptop and I'll show you. So I go back to the car. And I show him and Father David. I'm like, is this the job you're talking about? I show him that bookmark. And, uh, you know, Anthony and Father David just chuckled. And he's like, yeah, exactly. That's the job that I'm here and to I, talk to you about. I knew I was going to hire Danny when I met him. Like, I'll be honest with you. Like, I think we had to go through a process. Yeah, we went. But I knew there was something. And it, I can tell you guys just stories of there's been times where we thought this program was going to go away. I mean, Seth pulled me in the office and said, there's hey, hey brother, like you may not have a paycheck next week. And I'm like, okay. And then money would come out of nowhere. And it was the same kind of feeling, you know, divine intervention. When I met this guy, I was like, this is it. This is the help I needed. This is a guy. And we did it. We, I think, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that, but whatever now. Um, <laughs> like, we, we had to open it up and things, but I just knew in my gut, I knew in my heart that this this was a guy to to, to kind of take the torch and start something that help us help us grow. So. And Father David did. He said, Danny, this is meant for you. It's divine intervention. And for that coming from a priest, you know, you, 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 know, you chuckle <laughs> and you're like, you know, you take it in. But that's how I applied, went through the whole process. I got the job and then... I remember my first day uh, at Hawkins was at a team meeting on a Monday, on a Monday afternoon. And that's when he introduced me to the youth leaders that he had currently recruited. And that's when my work with LAFC YLP started. Did I throw you in the fire that night or there was the next Friday? It was that, I just, I just that, that Friday. So it was on a Monday that I was introduced. And then that Friday, he's like, hey, he already had told me what the concept of the skills and drills night looks like. What what are the responsibilities? And you know, he stepped away and just uh, continued, you know, talking to the Riches, to the Toms, and to our guests. Meanwhile, he let me take lead on that. So Rich was really good at the beginning about bringing people from the industry, whatever. He would just reach out to folks, the LAPD officers, Cynthia and, and Brody, Brody, and even Tim. Tim would bring out people just that would be interested or want to donate or would be part of an organization. So there's this whole development piece that's happening there's the leadership development. There's the soccer. So you can see how, and then there's 100 kids, 150 kids out at this field on a Friday night. And then there's teachers from the school that are coming over going, what's going on? We heard from Principal Terry. So it was essential. And I felt bad. I was like, hey, bro, I'm so sorry. I got to have you run operations. I got to go talk to the principal. I got to go talk to the LESD rep. And I got to go talk to the people Richard bring it. And so it just, again, it just kind of, it was really cool and really fun. 
but you could see how it kind of evolved and then, you know, Danny's role. And I felt bad, but it was one of those, it's a startup, right? You yeah. got to throw him into the fire, you know? So, and he did great. He did great. Did you both grow up playing football or soccer? Is yeah. that where the Definitely. passion comes from? Like, I, I know you're from South Central, but yeah. the game, apart from the skills that you had, is that kind of the main motivator? One of them, yeah, one of them. Uh, one of them, yes. The passion for the uh, for the sport. My grandfather got me into got me into playing uh, the sport. I originally was born in Mexico City, and I came over with my grandparents when I was three years old. So, ever since then, it was uh, whatever my grandfather could get me involved with, and it was you know one of his passions was football. So, I got into it early, and uh, it just followed me throughout my life. But I came to a point as the as a teenager, I was fifteen years old, and I raised my hand when the, uh, at church one day when they said, hey, we're looking for volunteer coaches. And I raised my hand. I was like, I love soccer. Let me try it out. And they were like, all right, Danny, um, you know what? We have this group. We have eight kids. They're five and six-year-olds. <laughs> I was like, wow, I've never worked with those kids. You know, I thought I was going to coach 11-year-olds. You know, I was like, but I was like, all right, I'll do it. So I started, you know, I didn't know much about coaching. I just knew what I knew, right? I used, you know, the wisdom of my game to, you know, I tried to teach them formation. I was like, we're going to play a 4-4-2. Uh, and the kids would just look at me and I was like, are you going to stand here? Can you they count to four? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some couldn't. Uh, so I'll tell them, you're going to stand here. You're going to stand here, right, at practice. And then, you know, roll the ball over. And then the funniest thing would be that they wouldn't move. Now, like, hey, you got to move, go for the ball. They're like, well, you told me to so stand here. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. So, you know, I came to a realization that I needed more patience, right? And uh, just working with the age group taught me that patience and uh, understanding, being able to work. As a 15-year-old, I have to speak to, you know, the parents uh, about the kids. And just taught me a lot early on. And I, I, that was the first, that was the beginning of my coaching journey. And I've been coaching ever since. I do it as a hobby now. And I've coached high school as well. But uh, it was that, and then seeing how difficult, uh, you know, the youth have it in our community in South LA. You know, I'm a product of that environment. You know, my my brother, my older brother is very gang embedded. Uh, I saw him get lost in that direction, and uh, a lot of the kids in my neighborhood are either not alive or they're in jail right now. So I said, you know, I'm going to take a different path, and I want to be able to, to give back and try to spark a different mindset and a change. And when I got the opportunity to work with Anthony, he, he was all about leadership development, all about impacting uh, the youth through the sport. So it was a, the sports, something I've always loved. So I, I learned that from him on how we can use that as a vehicle to really spark change. And, and it's been about changing the mindset for our youth in our community because they step foot into, you know, our office space or our meeting room. And, you know, there are these amazing individual young leaders with a lot of potential to become something in life, but they step outside of that office or outside of their school site and they're back in danger. You know, Augustus Hawkins was ranked the second most dangerous school zone in Los Angeles with the homicide rate peaking to the second in, in South LA. Uh, so our kids are can't even walk two, three blocks home because uh, of the gang violence, the shooting, the drugs. Uh, so there's a lot, a lot that our kids face on a day to day that not everyone knows and is aware. We know that South LA isn't, isn't the safest community, but that, you know, if you're if you're looking at it from an outside lens, you really don't really see what we're looking at. And then also coming to a home that is either a single parent home, uh, our kids come from a trauma based youth. Yeah. All of them, you know, research states it, and every you know a lot of our kids are suffering through that. So how do we teach these kids to be strong willed, strong minded, perform for our program, 
and for this internship and then continue that throughout the regular life at school, at home, and the personal. So we saw that as a huge challenge, but it takes you know, not just myself, Luke, Anthony, it takes everyone involved. Everyone that Anthony gave a shout out to has a, a yeah. very, very large part on that impact. There is a common theme of honor, integrity, that if we didn't model it, you know, how are they going to act it out? And so that was one thing we connected on very early on was this very much like we're going to bring so much integrity to this program. We're going to absolutely from day one, I was like, do what we say we're going to do every single time. Even if we're crawling to get to this place, because we said we're going to be here at 630, we're going to do it. I don't care. Um, and, and he and I were just, we just locked in on that concept and that bleeds over into the youth and it bleeds over into our volunteers. And then obviously the club matches that. Right. So, you know, early on when the club, uh, started, you know, street by street, blah, 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 one, 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 that was really, you know, our unspoken, you know, model and slogan as well. Like that's the way we work with our youth leaders. That's how we work with every kid in the community mm-hmm. because when we started teaching the kids that their job was not only to facilitate a game of soccer, or football, not an activity, it's about really mentor, mentorship and teaching these kids that they can do better or just giving them the confidence that they can step out of this neighborhood and become something. That's when I think it clicked for a lot of our youth mm-hmm. leaders and, and the integrity was one of the biggest parts of, of the success of the program early on. Wow. So how did this connection with LAFC finally come to fruition? And what were the next steps? So we have, you know, Rich and the ownership being loosely involved. When did Penn get put to paper and the partnership become official? Rich would be better at that story. But Rich ended up getting, because of his background, expertise and experience, he ended up getting hired by them. What I remember happening is that they continued this process. So um, when they started to hire more employees and started to build their brand, still build the organization, it became a culture where their staff would go out, not all staff, but they would come out to our Friday nights. And so it just became a part of what they were doing. And then we started to get windows into what they were creating on the creative side and we also had a few times where, you know, Rich would talk to the powers that be and said, I, I really think this should be our first community program. There's no programs out there like this. We're trying to do something different. They're definitely something different. And so there was a few times that Seth Eklund, myself, Rich, Tim Martin, some of the LAPD officers, we would go and we would present our program to other powers that be over there. And so this was a two, three year process or so. Yeah. It didn't happen overnight. And they always were very gracious. It was never a no. It was just a, we've got all these other things we're trying to build. We love what you're doing. Keep inviting us and we're going to keep coming. Give us time. Yeah. Give us some time. And so that was difficult on our end because we're like, man, we're just a program trying to get funded. And how cool would this be if there's youth that get to put on the gear and get to represent? I mean, and if you think about how many... I mean, youth have cousins and brothers and sisters and the people they go to school with. That that brand awareness right there, I mean, it's just it's bonkers. I can't remember exactly when. I do remember that I was I had my daughter one day and Rich called and I was getting her ice cream. And he said, we did it. Like, we, we, this is going to happen. The paperwork is going to be sent over to Brazil. This is going to happen. 
And I'm sitting in my car and I just started screaming. I started yelling. And my daughter's in the car seat. She's got her ice cream. And my daughter's three and a half now. So I can't remember. At she's time. probably one. One or yeah. two. And she's like, what's going on? And I'm just going bonkers in the inside. Um, so, yeah. So I, I hope that answers some of your questions. Yeah. So the bit. official like, announcement went out to us, the fans, um, in early November of 2017. Right. So, so, so two yeah. years and change ago, two, mm-hmm. you know, two and a half years ago is when the official announcement came out. That this was going to be the first partnership. And then we had, you know, Tom Penn come out and, and they, they did a filming. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the first releases that we, you know, in the fan side really became aware that the partnership was official. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, th- I think before they announced it to the fan base, they had we had sorted through the paperwork and all that stuff, the contracts and things like that. I think it was, I want to say the number six, like six months maybe before that. But again, it was always, it was kind of like a handshake thing. And that's what, again, it was that integrity and honor that I was talking to you you guys about. It was similar with them where it was like, although something's not on paper, this is, we're going to make this happen. So you get named the first official community outreach program of yeah. the club. You know, sort of describe the aftermath of that decision and what that instantly meant for the program and and where the program went initially from there? Well, we initially couldn't say anything. <laughs> so that was a little tough. Like we couldn't say anything. And then we couldn't tell our youth leaders, yeah. which was, that was, so maybe it wasn't six months, but it was a few months. Yeah, it was a That few was months. excruciating because we wanted to really like, you know, share with the, the youth leaders and the kids. And Did you guys gradually start wearing more and more gear as it got closer? Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, between me and Anthony. Yeah. 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 So the, the youth leaders were like, hey, where'd you get that cat, you know, bro? Like, like, where'd you get in, in Uncle Rich. You know, yeah, Uncle, Uncle Rich got it. Uncle Rich got it. And you know. so, um, yeah, he got that, that title early on. They called him Uncle Rich. Yeah, so it was a few months, and then what we ended up doing was this field trip. We did this big field trip, and we told them they're going to go to the Experience Center. and Just for a tour. Just a tour and kind yeah. of like in that workforce piece. So we're going to show you a different side of the workforce out in the world, and you're going to get to meet some of the folks that are doing the graphic design. The sales. And, and the sales, and they're going to talk to you a little bit. And then we're going to have some tacos, so it's going to be a cool night. And then what we ended up doing was um, myself, Rich, and then CBO Larry did this big announcement and gave all the youth leaders a scarf and gave them a hat and made it official. And the kids went just so all the, all the employees had scarf and I was like, you know, the, kind the of like knighted them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. you're officially so part the of the staff club. will, you know, put the, the scarves over their shoulder and give yeah. them hats. And, you know, the kids, it took them a minute. Yeah, there was a little bit because they're teenagers. There was a little bit of like they were looking around to each other and kind of is this true? Like what's skeptical a little bit? Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And then they started cheering, and then from there it just um, I what the great thing is they were leveraging some of their partners in in the deltas of the world and really just saying, hey, look at this great leadership program through youth in the community, but they're doing it different. And again, that, I want to stress that is that it's yeah. not a normal youth leadership program or even a soccer program. It's mm-hmm. it's very different. And all these brands started going, whoa, what's going on? Like, this is really cool. And so that really started opening doors for us. And then, you know, when we would apply through the Brazil Youth Center to different grants or go to different community meetings, we were obviously having the black and gold. So then everybody's knocking on our door. 
right? Hey, can we can we be a part of this now? And partners that wouldn't talk to us now, or, or yeah. people that wouldn't talk answer our phone calls before, were now all of a sudden calling Making, us. Yeah. And so there was a piece of that just because we were now at black and gold, but it really started to help us with I think some of the financial resources, and then some in the nonprofit world, the grants and um, just the funding that we would apply for. Um, that really solidified it when you put that name next to it you put tom penn's name on you put the you know the owners larry bird like people take notice right so that that really and then the the continuation too of they would allow their staff to mentor and talk to our youth and so that was huge too that was huge and uh, to this day you know we want to thank everyone at lafc that the the original staff team even the staff that are there now uh, they've when they got to invest some time into our program and meet the youth leaders, they they go out of their way. And I know to this day we have some of the employees there that personally mentor some of our youth leaders and some of our alumni, and they take them out to lunch like once a month, keep Natasha. up with them. You know, Natasha's is one of those staff members that's invested so much time into our Pat, girls. Ben. You know, Pat, Ben, you know, those guys. As busy as they are, but they still make the effort and time to reach out to these youth leaders. So initially, once the funding and the branding arrived, how did the program as the children, yeah. as the, the youth are experiencing it, change once LAFC yeah. became involved? So after the announcement, what, what changes did you see in the program or were you able to enact? So let me let me backtrack real yeah. quick. So, um, and I, I, I'm just going to do a shameless plug since I'm not the director anymore, but I'm yeah. one of the founders. By no means, our program still needs funding. So if there's anybody out there listening that feels a heart for this or wants to talk to anybody here and feels just called, you know, we're still a constant. LAFC helps huge and their contribution is amazing we're not going to take away from that but as you all probably know in any organization you need help whether it's hiring another person to gather data or whatever so that's that's still not done or just but, create more opportunities for the kids too right yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely so how did the program that. change once lafc became involved was there an experiential difference to the youth involved in the program uh, holding the stu- the youth leaders accountable, that's where the most change occurred. Because we, you know, Uncle Rich came out to talk to them. You know, we had people like Tom Penn come out and talk to them. And everyone here on this side about what it means to have a partnership with a professional uh, sports team. So we raised the bar. Uh, and that was something that was set out from Anthony right before he, he stepped he stepped away. And then Luke taking on that yeah. that role. It's always been every year we're gonna we're gonna raise the bar with the expectation of holding these youth leaders accountable because now they don't only represent themselves, but they represent what, you know, that crest on their chest, the black and gold. They represent, you know, they're a reflection of us as their mentors and, and leaders. I think we too we started to hone in on really the workforce development piece. So we went from those Friday night skills and drills to, you know, large scale 100, 150 kids out on a Friday night to let's let's be more specific and let's go to where the youth are at after school instead of a Friday night and let's focus on, you know, a group of fifth graders and sixth graders. And so there's more intimacy there. And that's also where I think a lot of that mentorship can start to happen from a high school kid to a fifth or sixth grader or a middle school youth. And then through that, we really started to go, you know what, let's Let's really flush out. Let's bring in someone to talk about what it looks like to, to build a resume. Or how do you introduce yourself when you're in a crowd of people that you don't know? 
I've worked in with youth development for a long time now, and one of the sad things that I've started to see is a large portion of youth have a hard time introducing themselves or even shaking hands or looking you in the eye. And I was, for this program, we were like, no. And that's where it was like, let's give them skills that they can take to the next level. And it, you'd be surprised at how, how many times that someone shakes your hand and it's a wet noodle or the kids on their phone, right? Yeah. They won't even look at you. And, and we were like, no, we represent something bigger than that. And empowering those leaders saying, no, this is going to take you so far. And, you know, even some of their stories saying like, you know, when they come back to us, oh my gosh, I didn't realize Anthony, you would hand, you would hound us on handshakes. You would get on us all the time. And now like at my college entrance exam, or whatever, my interview, they were so impressed by my handshake. And I'm like, that's what we're talking about. So that that's really that piece. And we would we started to set up to where mock interviews and we would use LAFC to come in and Delta Airlines where their professionals would now interview our youth. So I think in our, our next episode, we're going to talk a lot about what the program functions and its sponsors, and we'll bring into that. Yeah. So uh, this, the origin story, will wrap us up for our first episode with the Youth Leadership Program here. So stay tuned for episode 19 coming out, where we're going to talk about where the program is going, where it's at to the day, and then the passing of the torch from Anthony to Luke as far as the directorship. But before we wrap up for today... If anyone out there would like to donate to the program, where should they go for specifically the youth leadership program? What would be the best avenue to get a potential donor in contact with you all? You can go to our website, so brzee.org, that's B-R-E-S-E-E dot O-R-G. You can find the LAFC YOP page with my contact information and also our development contact information. From there, we can get you set up on how you can get more involved or contribute. What, so, is, what is your contact information, Luke? Uh, my email address is L-O-Q-U-I-N-N at L-A-F-C-Y-L-P.com. So you're looking for corporate sponsorship, individual donorship, and all of that can be reached out through you specifically. For fans out there, do you guys have merchandise sales or ways that individuals that might not be able to financially contribute on a large scale could participate on a smaller scale? That is interesting. We do not have merch sales right now, um, but we have ways that they could um, get involved as a volunteer or maybe small donations as far as like covering a meal for one of our workshops. Covering training, like leadership yeah, training. Yeah, training. Transportation is one of our biggest barriers. Just booking a bus for like a trip for our beach cleanup or for, you know, a holiday party or something like that is a barrier for us because a bus costs a lot of money for 30 kids. So, you know, sponsoring a specific item would be an option as well. All right. So if you're interested in helping out, www.bresee.org. Uh, and make sure you follow the LAFCYLP Youth Leadership Program link within that. And that'll get you in contact with Luke O'Quinn. Thank you, guys. Episode 19 coming soon. Sticks, take us home. Shoulder to shoulder, together this our culture. Feel the force of a supernova. Stay fly in that FC dorsum. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's, Koreatown Liddy. Cape us so mommy, about to drop her fifth. They want me to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that bank.